the last time, I left off with negative crime statistics affecting the total United States population, but my community specifically. Remember, I keep asking about our current population numbers. I've already showed, if you go back to episode one leading up to now, the statistics from the days of slavery. What was interesting, you did not have our community harming each other, reducing our population, apart from natural deaths, accidents. So what happened? You know, apart from sociology, psychology, you know, what happened educational-wise? What happened employment-wise? What happened homeless-wise? What happened to the innate and overt care toward each other, leading to this appearance that's real of helplessness, hopelessness, hurting, and homeless. Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. I'd like to acknowledge God and the listeners. I'm Gary McCann, the producer and host. Thank you for joining. Episode number 19, part one of two. What happened to the watchman on the wall? What happened? to the black community, spiritual watchmen and women. So let's define what the Bible says about watchers, not society. Watchmen in the Bible were guards responsible for protecting towns and military installations from surprise enemy attacks and other potential dangers. Ancient Israelite cities often stationed watchmen on high walls or in watchtowers. Their job was to keep watch and warn the townspeople of impending threats. The Hebrew word translated watchman means one who looks out, one who spies, or one who watches. And sometimes watchmen were scouts who looked out for approaching friends as well as enemies. Before I continue, you remember I started off talking about a frog in a pot of water? Do you remember that? All comfortable. Remember when the first person came along and they told that frog to get up and move forward? You're not doing okay. And that person went on. You remember when I shared that a second person came along, given the appearance, you know, trust, being genuine, and told that frog, stay where you are. You're doing just okay. And they turned the oven on, unbeknownst to the frog. You remember I posed the question, who did the frog believe? Because it came down to motives. 
And did the frog jump out of that water on time? You remember when I shared the story before I moved on into the corporate world from helping the poor, the helpless, the hopeless, the hurting, having come back from there? And remember you heard me share Mrs. Bell in her 80s. So, Gary, before you go on, make sure you show the person how to hold the cup so that they can drink out of that well of water and then go on because someone else is needing the same knowledge. There are many references to watchmen who kept an eye out for physical threats in the Bible. Now, the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Joram said, take a horseman and send to meet them and let them say, is it peace? Second Kings chapter 9, verse 17. Watchmen safeguarded fields and vineyards during harvest time. And they acted as sentinels who announced the start of a new day. You can see that in Isaiah chapter 5, 1 through 2, Matthew chapter 21 through 33, Psalm 130, verse 6. The Bible also refers to watchmen in a spiritual sense. God appointed prophets as spiritual watchmen over the souls of his people. And you can turn to Ezekiel 33, 7, Hosea chapter 9, verse 8. Son of man, I made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. So you see, the prophet's job as a watchman was to urge God's people to live faithfully and warn them of the dangers involved in falling away from the Lord and doing wrong, doing evil. And as watchmen, the prophets were also called to warn wicked people of the judgment and destruction that would come their way unless they turn from the evil ways. So Israel's spiritual watchmen they had a heavy responsibility before the Lord because if a prophet failed to warn others as God had appointed him to do, then his own life was in danger and he would be held accountable for the people's sins. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring the sword against a land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him the watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood would be on their own head. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood would be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I'll hold the watchman accountable for their blood. And you can see that in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 236. So you see how that a watchman who was blind or disobedient to the Lord's work, left the people he was called to protect open to danger and suffering. You can see that in Isaiah 56, verse 10. Remember what my topic is today? I'll repeat it in a moment. 
So the only way that that person could stay out of trouble is obedience is the only course of action for a true watchman. But if you do not warn, but if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 9. And when you go into the New Testament, you see that the role of the spiritual watchman continues in the form of, guess who? Church leaders. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. And you can see that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. So you see, in another sense, God calls not just leaders, but all believers of the household of faith to be watchmen. Remember how our Savior told his disciples to watch and pray so that you would not fall into temptation and that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Understand all of us should be ready and waiting for the Lord's return, you know, but understand what your role is as watchmen. So my question is, you know, I was going to ask it again. You know, I was. So, so where is the watchmen, the watchers, the spiritual watchers? Where you at? Where you been? But where are you from my community? Before we continue, let's provide some final, final snippets coming for you don't mind, do you? There was a statement <clears throat> circulating in Ohio by an unknown writer. Dear black American, after all these years and all we've been through together, we think it's appropriate for us to show our gratitude for all you have done for us. We have chastised you, criticized you, punished you, and in some cases, apologize to you. But we've never formally nor publicly thanked you for your never-ending allegiance and support to our cause. This is our open letter of thanks to a unique people, a forgiving people, a steadfast people, and a brave people, black Americans. We will always be in debt for you for your labor. You built this country and responsible for the great wealth we still enjoy today. Upon your backs, laden with the stripes we sometimes had to apply for disciplinary reasons. You carried our nation. <clears throat> we thank you for that. We thank you for your diligence and tenacity, even when we refuse to allow you to even walk in our shadows. You follow close behind, believing that someday we would come to accept you and treat you like men and women. Your strength in the face of adversity cannot be understated. You're truly a great people, and we thank you so much. We publicly acknowledge black people for raising our children, attending to our sick, and preparing our meals while we were occupied with the trappings of the good, the good life. 
even during the times when we found pleasure in your women and enjoyment and seeing one of your men lynched, maimed, and burned. Some of you continue to watch over us and our belongings. We simply cannot thank you enough. Your bravery on the battlefield, despite being classified as three-fifths of a man, was and still is outstanding and beyond the call of duty. We often watched in awe as you went about your prescribed chores and assignments, sometimes laboring in the hot sun for 12 hours to assist us in realizing our dreams of wealth and good fortune. You're always there, and we thank you. Now that we control at least seventy, at least 90% of all the resources and wealth of this nation, we have black people to, to thank the most. You were there when it all began, and you're still with us today, protecting us from those black people who have the temerity to speak out against our past transgressions. How can we thank you for your dedication? You, you warned us about Denmark Vesey. You let us know about Gabriel Prosser's plan, and you, you called our attention to Nat Turner. You even sounded the alarm when old John Brown came, came calling on Harper's Ferry. Some of you still want us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as we look out upon our enormous wealth and as we assess our tremendous control of the resources of this country, we can only think of the sacrifices you and your families made to make all this possible. You are indeed fantastic, and we will forever be in your debt. To think of how you have looked out for us for hundreds of years, and to see you still doing the same thing today is simply amazing. Thank you for continuing to bring 95% of what you earn to our businesses. That's so gracious of you. Thank you for buying our Nikes, all of these and all the other brands you so adore. Your purchase of these products really make us feel that we are at least giving something back to you for your patronage. After all, in the past, the brands we put on you were quite painful, but those up to date can be proudly worn because they give you a sense of self-esteem, right? But it's the least we can do for people who have treated us so well. Your super rich athletes, entertainers, intellectual and business persons, both legal and illegal, exchange most of their money for our cars, jewelry, home, and clothing. What a windfall they provided for us. The less fortunate among you spend all they have at our neighborhood stores, enabling us to open even more stores. Sure, they complain about us, but they never do anything to hurt us economically. You're very special people. Thank you. Oh, yes. Allow us to thank you for not hogging yourselves down with the business of doing business with your own people. We can take care of that for you. Please don't trouble yourselves with it. Yes, you were very successful at it after slavery ended, and even as recently as 1960. But you know what happened when you began to build your own communities and do business with one another? Some of the lower ones of our kind burned you out time and time again. So why bother? In today's business environment, your own people will not support you anyway. You just keep doing business with us 
It's safe that way. Besides, everything you need, we make anyway. Even Kente cloth. You just continue doing, dancing, singing, fighting, getting high, going to prison, backbiting, envy, and distrusting and hating one another. Have yourselves a good time. And this time, we'll take care of you. It's the least we can do, considering all you've done for us. Heck, you deserve it, black people. For your labor, which created our wealth, for your resisting the messages of troublemaking. Blacks like Washington, Delaney, Garvey, Bethune, Tubman, and Truth, for fighting and dying on our battlefields, we thank you. For allowing us to move into your neighborhoods, we will forever be grateful for you for your unceasing desire to be near us and for hardly ever following through on your threats due to our lack of reciprocity and equity. We thank you so much. We also appreciate your acquiescence to our political agendas for advocating your own economic self-sufficiency and for working so diligently for the economic well-being of our you're a real trooper. And even though the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were written for you and many of your relatives died for the rights described therein, you didn't resist when we changed those black rights to civil rights and allowed virtually every other group to take advantage of them as well. Black people, you're something else. Your dependence upon us to do the right things beyond our imagination, irrespective of what we do to you, and the many promises we have made and broken. But this time, we'll make it right. We promise. Trust us. Tell you what. You don't need your own hotels. You can continue to stand in ours. You have no need for supermarkets when you can stop at ours at 24 hours a day. Why should you even think about owning more banks? You have plenty now. And don't waste your energy trying to break into manufacturing. You've worked hard enough in our fields. Relax. Party. We'll sell you everything you need. And when you die, we even bury you at a discount. Now, how's that for gratitude? Finally, the best part. We'll sell everything you need. You went beyond the pale. Turn your children over to us for their education. But what we have taught them is likely they'll continue in a mode similar to that one that you follow for the past 45 years. Sincerely, all of the Americans. You've heard me share the last two segments about Crime. Crime. That's in everybody's community. Our own. You heard me talk about education. Heard me talk about housing. Heard me talk about incarceration. You heard me talk about all those topics I just read. My question is, where is the spiritual black watcher 
of our community. It's supposed to be, apart from watching over the soul, you know, ensuring heaven bound, but you're also to be earthly minded on behalf of the people that God has entrusted to you while still here on earth. Let's continue before I wrap up part one. You don't mind, do you? You sure? Well, let me pose a question with another snippet. I'm not going to tell you or read to you everything because later on, you want to read for you. But it was too success as it relates to society. Have you finished yet? Okay, have you from all cultures arrived at your success? What specific standards do you use to determine that you are successful? Is there a Native American, white African American, Hispanic and Asian American way of being successful? The answer is emphatically no. I want to read the parable of the talents, a 1990s style published in an African-American newspaper and written by James Klingman, Jr., an African-American author and executive director at that time of the greater Cincinnati African-American Chamber of Commerce. Are you ready? God gave black people 500 billion talents. He gave Hispanic people 350 billion talents. He gave Asian people 225 billion talents. He left us alone for one year and then returned to see what we had done with our talents. God asked the Asian people, what have you done with your resources? The Asians replied, we created many businesses and purchased franchises. We used our resources to assist our families and our Asian friends, helping them to get into business as well. The Asians continued, Lord, we knew that that with 225 billion talents, we could generate even more talent by pooling what we had and working together toward a common economic goal. We've doubled the amount you awarded us. We now have 500 billion talents. And to top it all off, our restaurants are going strong. Everybody loves our food. The Lord said, well done, my good and faithful servants. I'll make you rulers over many things. God then asked the Hispanic people what they had done with their inheritance. They gleefully replied, Lord, you're really going to be proud of us. Upon receipt of our talents, we went to work right away and formed our own bank. We have one in Florida that ranks among the largest in all the land. And you know what else? The interest we are making will more than double the amount of talents you gave us. As God not only approved, the Hispanic people couldn't wait to continue. We opened fast food shops and sidewalk stands. We, wrote, we sold fruit, enchiladas, and so forth. We supported Hispanic doctors, lawyers, accountants, and all the expenses we could find. And if a certain business did not exist in our community, we pooled our resources and started it. 
We've done very well, Lord, especially considering the short time we've been in this land. And God said, well done, my good and faithful servants. I'll make you rulers over many things. And since God had given the most talents to his chosen people, black people, he couldn't wait to hear what they had done with their 500 billion talents. Like a doubting father, he proudly asked them, what have you done with your inheritance? And turning down the music to hear what God was saying, the black people waved their hands in the air like they just didn't care and shouted, Lord, we just threw the party of the century and it was all good. Look at those bad rides parked outside. We bought them from the German people and the Japanese people. Wouldn't you agree, Lord, that we did good deeds by helping making them wealthy? Even God looked perplexed. He asked if there was anything else black people wanted to report. Oh, yeah, they replied. You haven't heard the half of it, Lord. We're the most charitable people on earth. We spent 95% of all you gave us with businesses other than our own. We helped everyone. We didn't discriminate and we didn't play a hate. Then one of the black leaders spoke up. You know how we like nice clothes, Lord. So after the party, we went out and bought all the latest styles with all the right labels. You know what I'm saying? We just had to have it. We couldn't wait to check us out. Now, the Lord was quite concerned about his people and their attitude regarding their talent. Continuing to probe and expecting to hear something would make him proud. God pleaded, surely you've done something with your inheritance to generate more talents for yourself. The black people looked around at one another and one of their leaders stepped forward to sum things up. Lord, we have the finest cars. We eat and drink only off the top shelf and we meet in the most elaborate hotels. Our children have several pairs of the latest shoes. We make the baddest videos that we can throw down. I mean, dance with the best of them. Even better than that, we have a we have good job to earn back 500 billion talents next year, and we will again be able to help all the other inhabitants of this land. Sadly, God looked at his people and said, with what have you done with your talents you may as well bury them in the ground. Because of your lack of good stewardship, I would give your future talents to those who have the least. You've gravely disappointed me by adhering, by not adhering to one of my most important admissions. To whom much is given, much is expected. Spiritual leaders. Behind the pulpit. I'm not talking about those leaders that emerge from the pews who may be out there in the banking world, political world, educational world, criminal justice world, sociology world, you name the world system. And if they're believers in a right relationship with God, then I know they're doing the right thing. I don't need to know. God does. But do you, pastor, whose congregation they came out of? And how about you? You're the spiritual watchers. If you listen to the previous episodes, I went back and brought it up to date. 
to August of 2023, and on some of them, September 2023. You're responsible. Where have you been? Where are you now? We'll talk a little bit more about that the next time. You don't mind, do you? You don't mind me talking to my community. It starts at home first. I started with me. It starts at home. You remember the ship store? Remember, we we do know where we come from. But remember, the ship started in New York City. And the captains were told not to tell anybody where they were going. And then when they got out to CSEA, there was a bad storm. And the ships got separated from each other. And ship number one sent out a message to ship number two, not knowing if ship number two was a friend or an enemy. You know, like those two individuals that approached the frogs. But ship number one asked the question, where are we? And ship number two responded back, well, where did you come from? Ship number one says, we don't know. Well, maybe you don't know. Ship number two then asked ship number one, well, where are you going? Well, maybe you don't know. Ship number two then asked ship number one, no, they didn't ask anything after that. They said to them, if you don't know where you came from and you don't know where you're going, it makes no difference where you are. Well, spiritual watcher, you're supposed to know all of that. That's why you're in that position. Are you telling the people? Are you warning the people? In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 through 9, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. The next time, we'll continue the question, where are the black spiritual watchers? I'm not talking about the ones who have compromised. I'm not talking about the ones who are Sadducees, Herodians, and scribes in according with the word, not according to you, not according to me. I'm talking about the ones who are afraid. Afraid. 